Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Today we are celebrating the 100th episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast with a throwback panel featuring Wesley Roach, John Dillon, and managing editor Charles Goldman sharing memories of the show's origin as well as the meaning behind the Lost in the Sauce podcast name. Also, in our Chiefs Wire roundtable, myself, Mitch Carney, and Talent Graff break down the upcoming matchup against the LA Chargers this Sunday. And lastly, we take a look back at our favorite celebrity interviews over the past 100 episodes, featuring Harris Faulkner from Fox News, WWE superstar Baron Corbin, and actor-comedian Rob Riggle. Wire podcast we are back and once again we are celebrating the 100th episode of the show so it would only be right if we're going to celebrate the 100th episode that we have the pioneers of this show all together these are the guys that are the reason for why we're still doing this let's just be honest out here um formerly known as the lost in the sauce podcast if i'm, I'm making sure i'm saying this correctly we have of course our managing editor charles goldman we have wes and we have john guys how's it going Pretty good, man. How's it going? Excellent. And this is a reunion of epic proportions. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be. It should be held to that type of uh, level, man. Uh, come on. I'm just happy to be amongst you guys right now. But I have to ask, as just my first question out there, and uh, maybe you all could jump in on it, where did the name come from, the, the Lost in the Sauce? I want to know, where did that come from? Oh, I, re- I remember. I think, Jack, wasn't it you that came up with that, like uh... – I think it was something like with um, like Johnny Manziel around the same time was like going through <laughs> some stuff and he, he said something about being lost in the sauce and we were like, oh yeah, yeah that's a pretty good name and we just kind of mixed it with the barbecue sauce. I could be wrong though. I don't know. Yeah, it it uh, definitely came out of the uh, came out of the group chat one way or another. But uh, you know, I, I I was always a firm believer in having having a solid logo for it. You know, I think I got kind of too too caught up in that, and I think a, a a barbecue sauce logo was was what we were kicking around, and you know, it kind of kind kind of came out of that, from what I recall. But shoot, you know, yeah, that logo was pretty tight, actually, man. Yeah, yeah, we got a logo made uh, on the on the cheap, so. Yeah, it looked kind of like a, a, a bottle of Gates sauce. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, in the what the like Kansas City Sports Daily or whatever that the Star has was eerily similar. Oh yeah. So, so I think I think we were on the right track, but but yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was a heck heck of a thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the podcast definitely went through several iterations. It was like yeah. A- it was almost cursed for a while, but eh, it's in pretty good hands now, I think. Well, like I said, you guys were the pioneers. You know, you, you got it going. I'm just the guy who's just jumping on, just trying to uh, make sure we're, we're keeping on your tradition. That's the whole goal here. 
But um, just uh, can you just like take us back a little bit to the early days of just starting the podcast off? What was the um, overall mission of just how you wanted to present the, you know, the brand and uh, everything about it? And uh, Wes, I'll start with you on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, whenever I started off the uh, started off the site back in 2016, eventually I knew I was going to want to do some sort of podcast. I was never really a talker. I still don't really consider myself to be <laughs> very much of a talker. Um, I kind of let my writing speak for itself, but um, you know, I felt like it was important and uh, I knew that these guys were uh, better talkers than I was. So <laughs> I thought it was, thought it was a good idea to bring them on with me and uh, I'd let them, uh, you know, share their opinions and everything. So yeah, that's kind of how it started off. And now it's evolved um, into the Chiefs Wire podcast. So um, I think we just, I think we just kind of went with the branding there to make it consistent eventually. And uh, that's why we got rid of the loss in the sauce thing. But uh, it's still, it's still in our hearts. We still, still love it. Yeah. You know, I think a, uh, I think a podcast is a kind of, is a kind of logical step for a sports for a sports blog like ours. And, you know, uh, me, Wes and Charlie, had, or Charlie, Wes and I had uh, actually uh, written on a, on a blog previously. Uh, and I, I think we all kind of had a sense that there was a good chemistry between the, the, the three of us. I think Wes and Charlie kind of have, have more, more insight on the chiefs. And then I, I kind of consider myself a third wheel kind of like a wild kind of like a wild card or something you know just step in when I can but uh yeah I mean they they you know truly paved the paved the way as uh editors and I think you know Charlie's shown a hell of a commitment to 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 keeping this going you know I think I think it's 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 special to to all of us in a kind of maybe sometimes silly way you know but we've all put you know, hours into it, you know, just proud to be a part of it. You know, and I remember when we first got, got started and I mean, I was using like a microphone from like the nineties, like a computer mic from the nineties. It had like a crackle to it. And like, and then I remember Wes saying, okay, we got, we got to figure something out. We got to, we got to kind of up our game, make it sound a little bit more professional because I mean, it was it was just a little it was a bit amateurish to start off, and and Wes comes to us and he's like, "All right, I'm gonna buy you guys these fancy Blue Yeti microphones and send them to you." Right, the literally the best the best you can buy. <laughs> right, and we're we're sitting here, we're still using you and I. I can see it right now. We're still using that Blue Yeti microphone. So I mean, and the pop filter, by the way. Right. So. Uh, <laughs> Just, I, I mean, uh, it, it's cool to see how this has evolved and how, like, our commitment to making it better has, um, and, and you know, making it a bit more professional and whatnot has has kind of, uh, you know, um, shown itself over these past couple of years through all the ups and downs. You right. know, there were uh, there were there were lots of episodes, uh, you know, with a couple uh, with a couple adult beverages and just me. <laughs> You know, and, and and I think it's certainly certainly for the best that you know we sh- shoot. I mean, we've got a whole team now. You know, fo- uh, you know, Ed Ed produces and you know do, do, does all this stuff that's maybe not so fun about making a podcast. You know, and we 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 certainly appreciate it. You know, and you know, talent is still on. I truly a freaking heck of a thing. You know, crazy to think that this is the hundredth episode. 
I think originally we were going to try to do like an interview type thing. Remember, we got like Joe Yearby on the podcast at one time. Yeah, we had a couple of different uh, college yeah. guys and stuff like that uh, on on here. Yeah, you know, and then I, I mean, it kind of evolved from there. I mean, we still get a, a couple of good guys on every now and again and, and whatnot. But I mean, I remember how like big a deal it was when we uh, grabbed like, you know, um, one of these random college guys from the area who was, uh, you know, going to be in the going to be in the NFL draft and whatnot. It was it was a big yeah. deal for us back then. And you know, now in the regular, we're getting just like heavy hitters. We've had Morton Anderson on. Um, it was cool last week getting uh, to to interview the fellow who trains Tershawn Wharton. I mean, we've had, you know, just uh, throughout the years, some, some really cool people, insightful people with, with knowledge of the Chiefs on, which is just a lot of fun. Yeah, and I think, I mean, to be honest, as far as like interviews goes, Jack, you, you kind of paved the way for that because I hadn't done uh, a whole lot of interviews um, in my time as editor. And then you were you were really starting to uh, you know have a drive to get some people on. And I mean, you interviewed uh, Chris Jones and and Larry Johnson. Um, so you definitely uh, you definitely started that with the site, like you know pushing for more interviews and exclusive content. Yeah, there was like a like a three or four month stretch there for me, where I just went all out getting getting uh, interviews like that. But you know, and I I I think it's it's a testament to the site that we've built, right? I mean, it, it, it helps to say that, you know, we're affiliated in one way or another for with whoever we're affiliated with, but uh, you know, I mean, we, we really do have a great, a, a great thing going on here. You know, it's, it's, it's really kind of crazy. This is the hundredth episode. <laughs> we, so someone has sat down to do this 99 times before, you know, it's a beautiful thing. Hard work pays off fellas. <laughs> It definitely is. And you guys, like I said, you paved the way for us to continue to do it now. We just try to take it to another level, you know, when it comes to interviews and just doing all types of bookings. And, you know, Charles is my boss now. So, you know, I made sure I got to run everything through him. And, you know, he's a tough guy. So it's it gets uh, you want to make sure you get something good out there. And I want to keep up that same tradition that you guys have started um, just, you know, obviously 99 episodes ago. So uh, just even with that said, like I said, we are doing, you know, trips down memory lane. How about today's team, the team that's out there right now, the defending champions, just had week one of the season. Uh, you know, we took care of business. The Chiefs took care of business, as expected. Uh, I'm interested in your guys' thoughts on it. And, uh, Charles, I hear from you every week in regards to it. So I'm going to go with Wes right here, and then we'll work our way around back to you. Yeah, man, I have been waiting months to watch Clyde Edwards-Hilaire play because I have been pumped for him since day one. And so – I uh, I was super excited. I mean, I thought he would come out and have a pretty good game. I had no idea he was going to get, you know, over around 130 yards and uh, just like play the way he did. And the Chiefs, I mean, they didn't even, I, I think he had like one target. So they didn't even like pass him the ball. And so I was like, well, the passing game is where he's honestly going to probably end up getting involved more. Like I, I know Andy Reid wanted to get uh, Clyde his reps, but I honestly, I don't think that they're going to be, you know, doing a bunch of fourth and one goal line situations with Clyde, you know, just given like the kind of running back that he is. Um, I think that was more about just, you know, trying to get him those uh, lost reps that he didn't get during preseason. 
and uh so yeah i'm i mean that was like the biggest takeaway for me i i I loved seeing him run uh he reminds me of uh like a smaller kareem hunt and just the way his like uh keeps his balance and uh, you know side his side to side agility like is crazy to me and uh i'm i'm really excited to watch him the rest of the year i think you know if he plays the way he did on thursday then i mean rookie of the year consideration is uh is obviously there um i know it's still pretty early but you know i mean it's pretty good debut as far as i'm concerned jack yeah uh you know i think it's a better team than it was 100 episodes ago (laughs) i my biggest takeaway from what we saw you know from the one game so far this year was uh just the confidence that they played with you know i i hate to keep hate to keep tying bows but you know it's kind of the 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 hundredth podcast level confidence they just went out there and let it hang you know which is something i i I don't think we we see necessarily on a game-to-game basis i think a lot of a lot of how these games play out or at least played out historically you know over the last several seasons uh was kind of a uh momentum thing i think that they they've turned a corner in a sense of they they kind of seem to seem to like establish their dominance early and then just kind of ride the wave that's that's what i saw i mean it's 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 gonna be huge for a for a team like this to be able to win the time of possession battle uh, consistently, I think that's going to be pretty much near unstoppable, especially if the def- if the defense is even just average. You know, given given that there's so many guys that can score, now I think we're in that kind of next evolution. You know, where that kind of confidence comes back, where yeah, we're going to run it on second and second and seven, keep the clock moving, and then convert. <laughs> you know, I I'm 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 not sure that we've seen that kind of that kind of mentality out of the Chiefs. And I think that, especially if the defense starts coming around, I, I, I thought that the defense played well, but, you know, closer, closer to, to, to average than great uh, week one. But certainly the, 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 the potential is there once we start seeing guys like uh, Willie Gay play more, you know, that it, that it could really turn into a championship caliber defense coupled with, you know, the best offense in, in the league. So I've got high hopes and, uh, you know, hopefully they just keep getting better. Yeah. Just to like chime in and bounce off what you were saying. Like I had a thought that, you know, a lot of people over the years have been kind of annoyed with Andy Reed with the way he's um, you know, he takes his foot off the gas whenever the chiefs get the lead. And um, I feel like Patrick Mahomes kind of makes up for that. Uh, and it makes it to where like, I mean, this team is so good and the, the offense is so good that like once they get, you know, a 14, 21 point lead, it's going to take some uh, crazy play from, uh, you know, the, uh, 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 excuse me, the opposing side uh, along with some like very uh, gross negligence from the chiefs offense to like for them to, you know, give up a, a lead because they're just so good. Whereas, you know, the Alex Smith led teams, I mean, not to take any away from Alex because I uh, did enjoy watching him as a quarterback. Uh, they just weren't quite, um, you know, as talented. I mean, we obviously know that. And so, you know, sometimes if they took the foot off the gas, they weren't really good enough to, you know, keep that keep that going. Whereas Pat's teams are, you know, it's a whole nother level. Yeah, you know, and that's 
that's, I think, kind of the, the corner that they've turned is that they've got that confidence now. And, and I think it's, it's almost like a top-down thing, right? I, 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 I feel like Andy kind of has the confidence in his folks to, like I say, like go out and run it on second and seven where that's, you know, for, for a guy like Andy Reid who passes so much, a kind of obvious passing down. Uh, you know, I mean, well, uh, obviously we'll, we'll have to see how the, the season shakes out. Hopefully there aren't injuries that, uh, you know, get in the way of that confidence or, or the ability to, to kind of dictate how the play, how the game plays, uh, to, to the opponent. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if, if week one was any, was any indication, uh, Chiefs are back, <laughs> you know, and they're making a title run. So right. for sure. See, and I wonder if, if Andy Reed almost has this like weight lifted off of him a, a little bit, because I saw something in this last game where I was like very like uncharacteristic of Andy Reed. It was going for it on that fourth down on, on, in the chief's territory in their own territory. I think they were on their like 40 yard line. Like Andy Reed just doesn't do that. And I'm wondering if now that he's won a Super Bowl, if we're going to kind of see him out there letting it hang sometimes. Yeah. He's kind of got the effort we ball mentality going on now. Right. And I think, I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes has something to do with it. And, and this offense, I mean, it is the, the Ferrari of offenses is that, that that has something to do with it, but I just feel like now Andy, he's got that ring. He's got that Super Bowl, that pressure, that weight of having to like find that and do that. That's been lifted off of his shoulders. And I think that is going to allow him to be a better coach. Honestly, it's dangerous for the rest of the league to have a, you know, casual Andy because he's just going to let loose and he doesn't have anything holding himself back. We're, we're going to see what, what he busts out this next week though, with, uh, in terms of a face mask, you know, because that, that face shield he had going on, it was getting pretty foggy. I'm, yeah. I'm curious to see how they're going to upgrade that thing this next week. Yeah. He's got to get some rain for it. <laughs> He could, he could get like a get like a Q thirty nine bib or something like that, you know, just to like get a little product placement in there while he's at it, and you know, just kind of cover up the face a little bit. Uh, definitely, and obviously sticking with what's going on with the Chiefs right now, I'm curious as to you guys' thoughts on the defense. And you know, obviously, there's a, a higher expectation every year now with Steve Spagnuolo in the second season. Team finished off well last year defensively. What did you see out of the defense that was promising and, and maybe, you know, see some more improvement in the upcoming weeks? Um, I'll go ahead and kick off. I, uh, you know, I, uh, early on, I was a little worried about the run D. Um, I still think that the linebackers are a problem. Um, not to start off negative here, but, you know, I just, it was just like the one glaring thing, you know, I saw Hitchens and Neiman miss a few, uh, reads and i was just kind of like face palming like oh gosh man but um you know it's i i was really impressed with um the pass rush i thought that chris jones and frank clark were really getting after uh deshaun even though i mean as hard as he is a tackle they still got in his face and i was very impressed with legeria sneed i mean rookie making his debut as a cornerback like and getting an interception like i mean that's that's awesome and you know i didn't i didn't even realize until like heading into the game that he was even going to be the starter 
So that's, it's crazy to me that he had such a good game. Um, I mean, and I think that's, that's positive. Um, as far as the linebackers go though, like, like I was saying, I mean, I feel like Spags has earned the benefit of the doubt, you know, given the way he adjusted last year and the team, the defense kind of came together. And so I'm not super worried about it. Um, I think that he's going to figure it out, um, especially, you know, with Willie Gay and then Dorian O'Daniel had, you know, um, a couple of nice plays as well. So, I mean, he's going to figure out how to use his guys the best way possible. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that was one of the, uh, the kind of narratives surrounding uh, Spags when, when the chiefs hired him uh, uh, was his like ability to, to adjust throughout the season and get better. Uh, you know, I mean, for, for last week being uh, the, the kickoff game for the season, especially with, you know, how this off season has been different. Uh, you know, I think, I think they played just about as well as anybody could have expected. Uh, you know, even without uh, Hopkins and uh, Houston, they've still got guys on offense and uh, uh, David Johnson looked fantastic way better than I thought he would. Uh, you know, but it, as, it, as far as the defense goes, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's pretty huge that they had some first year guys, even, even playing. Uh, you know, and seeing time and and that and that that didn't didn't end up screwing them over. Uh, you know, they are still waiting on getting Breland back. Still, still, I think waiting on waiting on Thornhill a bit. I think I saw him a couple snaps this week, but not in like a starting role. You know, so they're 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 still waiting on getting some guys back. We'll see where it goes from here, but I think you know, based on that week one game, I think they're going to be pretty good and probably keep getting better. And like, God forbid they move on someone at like the trade deadline or something just to add firepower. I, man, I was thinking, I think he might be hurt, but like, how, how would we feel about adding like Josh Norman to this defense? You know, give, give Buffalo like a fifth round pick for him. See if he's any good. What do you say? I mean, they've got nothing to lose. And to be honest, if, if it comes down to you know they need some kind of veteran presence and presence in the the secondary or you know one of the corners gets hurt I think I I think Ward fractured his hand right you know I think it, I I think even just on paper the defense has room to get better this season you know I again I think that's a scary thing given given what the other side of the ball looks like. Norman actually just went on injured reserve today. But, oh, did he? But wow. Now, so, so wow. injured reserve is different this year. They can come back after three weeks now. But yeah, that's what I thought. I'm not sure if the Bills, after using one of their their IR return designations, would be like, okay, let's turn around and trade this guy. But I mean, I think you're on the right track, absolutely. As far as like, yeah, maybe at the trade deadline, their players to go out and get somebody to help the defense out. I think that, you know, in a couple of weeks, having the reinforcements, the, the two guys coming off a of suspension, coming back is going to be big. But, I mean, yeah, you could point to the linebackers right away and say this still isn't it. Like they, And without a preseason, it's tough because that's a position that's all about tackling. It's all about that. you got to kind of get into it. Um, and, and I think they'll be better next week. But it was a really rough show for those linebackers early. I thought the run defense had definitely suffered from not having Pennell in there, but 
I, I thought that Tershawn Wharton actually flashed. He had like two back-to-back run stops uh, in the third quarter. That was like, I, I was like, I, I thought this guy was going to be like mainly a pass rusher, but to see him like stuff two runs, I think it was a back-to-back. It was like a two-yard gain and a one-yard gain stuffed him, you know, both, both times to, to force a third down, which ended up being an incompletion. They had to get the ball right back to the Chiefs. So, I mean, having a guy like that who can fill in, I think is is great, especially now you got Colin Saunders, who's got the dislocated elbow. He'll probably be out a few weeks. So, I mean, some of these young guys stepping up, I was really impressed. Obviously, LeJerry Sneed, Mike Dana. I mean, they had some some really good – performances from some young players yeah you know and that uh as as poorly as the linebackers played last week they're all still relatively young I mean I think Hitches I think Hitchens is the oldest of the bunch and he's only what 27 28 speaking you know I mean there's do what speaking of linebackers you know who made a like six snap appearance all right Who's that? Someone we've been talking about for a couple of years now, like where the heck is he? Dorian O'Daniel. He, he played six snaps. I think he got something like two tackles, a couple of quarterback hits, and a sack. You yeah, know, actually. and he, he, he actually projected better out of college as like a cover backer. So if there's some, some versatility there, you know, where, he, where he'll hit on the pass rush as well as be able to drop back and play a little bit of, little bit of zone – you know, again, this defense has so much potential to get even better. You know, when when really that 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 week one performance wasn't even bad. You know, it's just room for improvement, which is you know pretty status quo for week one. Definitely a lot going on right now with the Chiefs defense, as well as just this is the beginning of the season, so there's going to be a lot of changes. And you never know; it could be some guys that work didn't make the uh, original fifty three that. We'll be getting an opportunity throughout the year because of the injuries, things to look out for. But, guys, before we go, I, I just have to get your last thoughts on just the, the legacy of the podcast and what you want to see moving forward. Um, Jack, I'm going to go with you first. I think that this, is a, this has always been, to an extent, a kind of humble endeavor. We're all, I think, grateful just to have the platform, right? You know, I think because, you know, there's, there, there was a time I – I'm I'm sure for all of us where we didn't have a platform, we didn't have a legitimate platform like this, you know, and so it's, it's, it's truly a blessing. And I'm, I'm, I'm so proud, you know, just to have my name attached to it, you know, as far as where it's, where it's going, where I want it to go, you know, I hoping we get to see, you know, 200 and 250 episodes, you know, just a matter of time in my opinion. So, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Eventually it'll get there. I, uh, I think that like, I mean, the site is in great hands, you know, when I left it with Charlie and I think he's done a tremendous job with it. Um, you know, I think he's to the point where he's better at it than I ever was. And I I was kind of saying the same thing, uh, about Ed earlier, uh, you know, off the podcast that doing a great job with the podcast. And, uh, I, I think, you know, in the future, you know, you guys got to just keep doing what you're doing and uh, keep grinding. And I would definitely like to see, you know, keep seeing interviews with um, current guys and former uh, Chiefs players and, uh, you know, as many uh, voices and opinions in there that we can get as possible because, I mean, the content's great. And so, you know, people want it. So <laughs> uh, the more you can give, the better. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's been great. 
first of all, you guys, you guys flatter me. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> not that good at this stuff. Um, I, I appreciate it. And I really couldn't do it all without uh, your guys' support, even to this day. I mean, y'all are doing uh, your own things, but you're, you're always uh, checking in on the website, checking in on the podcast. So I appreciate you guys uh, still supporting us and, and what we do here. And um, it's why, you know, Ed and uh, Talon and Mitch and everyone else who hops on the podcast every now and again, it's why we were still able to do it it's because uh, you guys kind of blazed the trail for us here. So we, uh, we appreciate you guys so much. Right, man. Keep doing what you're doing. And uh, yeah, don't, here, here's a shout out to Jack being the, you know, the headline guru as well. Um, <laughs> right. He's the, he's the secret are, headline yeah. guru. Yeah. So. Anytime you see a headline on Chiefs Wire and you're like, whoa, that's a unique word or whoa, that's, that's a, a great headline. He's got his, his fingers all over it. I guarantee you. Uh, that's definitely appreciated. Trust me, we, we always look forward to him all the time. Uh, guys, thank you, like I said, for your time. Uh, everything that's been going on to the show, like I said, I'm just happy to be a part of it. And um, let's just keep it going for another 100, 200, like you were saying, 300 episodes as far as we can keep it going. We'll yeah, keep man. right on trucking <laughs> every week. <laughs> All right, fellas. All right, guys. Y'all have a good night. Thanks a lot, man. Take care. <laughs> yep. Ciao. For more information on this story and others, head over to ChiefsWire.com, and we'll give you all the details you need on the Kansas City Chiefs. Coming up next, the Chiefs Wire Podcast Roundtable. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back. It is time for the traditional form of the roundtable. Now, we had earlier in the show the uh, classic throwback roundtable in honor of the 100th episode that we're currently doing right now. We have to welcome back the guys, Mitch and Talon. Guys, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. We got a W in week one, ready for week two. Yeah, I'm feeling good. It's always nice uh, going into week one and now, so... Definitely 1-0. and And let's recap that game a little bit. And, uh, Mitch, I do want to start with you because you you called it from, I, I believe, the very first show you were on about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and how he's going to have such a huge game or a huge season for that matter. So far, you're looking pretty good. So how did you feel just, in you know, in general about the whole game? I felt really, really good because I also, in our, uh, in our uh, Chiefs Wire score prediction thing, I got the score exactly correct, too. So I called Clyde Edwards having a big game, and I got the score uh, uh, 100% correct. So I'm feeling really, really good. I feel like I can see the future. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, I knew Clyde Edwards was just going to have a really big game. I figured Andy Reid was just going to get him going uh, to start the season off. And, and I was right. I was surprised in the way they did it. I didn't think they were going to hand the ball off to him 26 times. I thought he was definitely going to make an impact, you know, in the passing game. But I think he only got targeted like once or twice. Uh, he didn't make a catch, but I mean, they really trust him, you know, running the ball and they handed the ball off to him a lot. Uh, luckily, it worked out pretty well. So, yeah, I'm really happy with how the offense looked. They're really balanced, which is not something that happened a lot last year. Um, obviously, it was the Patrick Mahomes and the aerial show with all those weapons. But yeah, with Edward Hilaire now, um, it was almost 50 50 in terms of passing to, to rushing at. Uh, 32 attempts and a total of 34 rushing attempts as a team. So, yeah, that's as bad as 50-50 as you could get 
Um, so obviously they wanted to come out as a balanced squad because when you're balanced, that's the hardest thing to, you know, how do you stop that as a defense? What do you plan for? Especially when you have so many weapons in the offense um, and passing and now with Allaire, yes, this is, uh, this is going to be quite the, quite the season as long as everybody stays healthy. Definitely. I mean, it was a lot of good things, you know, that we did see during the game. And it kind of goes against what I was originally expecting. I thought it was going to be a pretty sloppy game because there was no preseason. I thought both teams would be trying to figure things out. But uh, both teams actually seemed kind of sharp and seemed to be on the same page. So uh, I, I guess you could say that for um, for most of the games uh, this first week. So real quick, guys, I just want to get your assessment of just the first week of football in the COVID era and uh, your, your first impressions. Talon, I'm going to come right back to you. Yeah, I mean, it was definitely different. You know, um, Jacksonville and Kansas City were the only two teams that allowed fans in with Kansas City happening on Thursday night with no other games. It was kind of like, okay, you know, it's not that different. But then when was Sunday and, and the majority of the teams without fans, they were pumping in. It, some were doing just kind of white noise. Some were doing like crowd reactions. And um, it was definitely different. It was a different vibe seeing the stands was completely empty. But, hey, um, you know, it is what it is. And football's back and I'm happy with it. Yeah, I'm just glad football's back. Uh, it was a long off season. Um, you know, I thought for the most part, everything week one went really well. There wasn't really any big issues uh, that happened with COVID. Um, things have just went well so far. So I'm just glad football's back. And hopefully uh, this season, we can have a full season. Definitely. We're, we're to stay optimistic with that. And, you know, on that note, obviously the Chiefs are heading to uh, – heading to L.A. for a matchup with the Chargers. And there's a little bit more at risk besides COVID now, as everyone understands. And in talent, actually, you can speak more to this in terms of the situation is going on in California. Just can you give us just an idea of, like, just the atmosphere and just the, the air quality and, and everything that we're hearing on the news? Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, um, I'm in Southern California, so it's not as bad down here. Uh, Northern California has it really, really bad right now. Um, but there are a few fires around L.A. and, and stuff like that. Um, that's just making the air quality really, really poor. And when, even when you go outside, it feels like it's overcast, like cloudy, but it's just hanging smoke. Uh, and you can see the moon and the, you know, the sun. Is, they're all very red due to the, all the smoke in the sky. And we've actually, um, you know, as you all know, at Coach High School Football, we actually had to cancel practice today and yesterday due to poor air quality. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's, that's a real thing and something that people have to plan for. And, yeah, if it's still this way by, you know, Sunday, it's, it's going to be – now, they went ahead and played the Rams and Cowboys um, on Sunday night, and it, it didn't seem to be an issue with the, with the new SoFi Stadium. So, hopefully, um, that's how it happens on Can uh, with Kansas City and the Chargers. Yeah, I would be really surprised if there was some type of cancellation. And, you know, they want to show off the new stadium as much as possible, especially having Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, the defending champions, coming in. But uh, it is something to worry about. And like I said, Talon, you know, um, for you and everybody that's out in California, please stay safe. It's, uh, it is some scary stuff that we hear from back over here. Um, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. Yeah, man, definitely. And, you know, obviously let's, let's just try to take a look at the game coming up this week. Now, the Chargers, just based off their performance from uh, this past week, this is a different team. You know, it's a completely different mindset. There's no more Phillip Rivers. If you're the Chiefs defense, Steve Spagnuolo, how are you preparing for this new type of uh, Chargers um, offense right now? And, Mitch, I want you to start us off with this. Um, well, the, uh, the off they have the same 
Uh, I mean, not much has changed besides at quarterback. They got Tyrod Taylor, who's a little bit more mobile. He can run. He can do some things. But for the most part, they still have Mike Williams. They still got Keenan Allen. They got a good running back in Austin Eckler. So the key is just going to be able to slow them down. Um, I don't think Tyrod Taylor is necessarily a big game changer. Yeah, he can run the ball himself a little bit. But I think the biggest key to this game is slowing down their offensive weapons. And that's definitely going to be a problem, um, you know, this week with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, especially since Tarverius Ward is likely to be out with a fractured hand. Um, I don't know if, if uh, anything's went out on him yet, but I'm, I'm assuming he, I'm assuming he's not playing. So it's going to be up to, uh, to Legereus Sneed and uh, either Antonio Hamilton or Rashad Fenton to kind of step it up and, uh, you know, be able to stop them. Uh, but otherwise I think that's going to be one of our, major keys to slowing down this Chargers offense. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And actually uh, watching the game tape back from the Chargers and the Bengals, it was almost eerie how similar uh, the Chargers offense looked to the Texans offense with Tyrod Taylor in there. A lot of the same formations, a lot of the same uh, motions, a lot of the same backfield action with the running backs. And when you look at Duke Johnson and David Johnson for the Texans, I see a younger version of those two with uh, Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly for the Chargers, the rookie at UCLA being Kelly. Um, those two had a, had a good day for the Chargers. Uh, I think Kelly got a little, little bit more work than people were expecting. I think Justin Jackson was kind of expected to be that number two role, but Kelly really took that over for the Chargers. And Tyrod, um, you know, he's, he's just, a, you know, no slight to him. He's a good quarterback. He's, he's been in the league for a long time, and that just didn't happen by chance. But Tyrod's kind of just the, the poor man's Deshaun Watson. Um, and with, uh, you know, Hunter Henry's back, Mike Williams is, is still is kind of emerging. He was targeted a lot. Um, and then Keenan Allen, everybody knows what he can bring to the table. Without those three guys, there's just not much there. So I really don't see the Chiefs having to adjust a lot based from week one to week two, because I think they're going to look at this tape and say, we, we, we can just kind of instill or install the, a very similar defensive game plan and have the same results or better results based on the talent drop-off between the Texans and the Chargers. Oh, definitely. And you know what's a, a pretty interesting thing to bring up when you talk about Tyrod Taylor? He's a good quarterback, but he always seems to be the uh, the placeholder quarterback until the uh, the rookie quarterback, the guy that they drafted, is ready. I believe this is like his third stop that he's had to deal with this right now. I remember he had it in Buffalo. Uh, he also had it with Cleveland. Now he's having it now with the Chargers. Uh, it's a pretty interesting situation for him. And, uh, you know, obviously what he has to deal with. But when you look at this Chargers, just this team overall, they are sort of rebuilding. I guess we could put them in that perspective. I can't really see them as a threat in the AFC West. Obviously, this week coming up, they're 1-0. They, they beat, you know, a, a rookie quarterback. Let's be honest. That's who they beat, a rookie quarterback. They're going against, quite arguably, the best team in the NFL. When, if you're the Chiefs, how is this? How do you keep yourself motivated, and this doesn't end up being a letdown type of game because they are overwhelming favorites heading into it. So, Talon, I'm gonna go right back to you on it. Yeah, I I just think it's the, the same thing. You approach it the same way the Chiefs have been doing all off season, um, and obviously week one, you know, very much the same way you approach it every week last week. It's uh, no letdown, no no looking behind you. It's all it's only looking forward. Uh, and, and yeah, when you have a, a big primetime game that you got to get amped up for, it's a little bit different vibe. But now you've got a divisional game. You've had a couple extra days to prepare versus the Chargers who were coming off of a Sunday game. Um, so not only are you just much more talented, you, you have a, 
a longer preparation time. Uh, so I really don't know if the Chiefs – I don't think that's something to worry about in terms of preparation. I think with Andy Reid and that coaching staff, I just don't – and Mahomes, the leadership in that locker room, it's just not going to happen. I don't think they're going to ever overlook an opponent. I just think they're too good for that to happen. Yeah, I agree with everything that Talon says. Um, Andy Reid's super good in September. Uh, I think he's, like, only lost a couple games with the Chiefs in September, if any. Uh, so I think he'll come in prepared with the Chiefs of having this extra time and with Mahomes, Frank Clark, and Tyron Matthew just being these high-motivated guys to go out every week and win. I think he'll be okay even against the Chargers team who a lot of people expect us just to kind of roll over. I think he'll come in prepared and ready to go. I definitely agree with that. And there are some guys that, uh, you know, a lot of people played well this past week against the Texans, but there were some players that you want to see a lot more from. So I'm going to throw some names out there for you guys, and, and I want to get your opinion on what they probably, you know, what could have happened more in the Texans game and what to expect from them maybe in this Chargers game. So the first guy I'm going to throw out there is McCole Hardman, and I'm going to get your opinion on him, Mitch, because obviously one catch for six yards, not really much of a factor. He was kind of just stuck to special teams like he was last year, which is the complete opposite of what we were all expecting. What, were your, what was your take on that? So here's, here's the thing. I don't think it was anything against McColl. I don't think he, like, like, practiced poorly or anything like that. I think the Chiefs just have so many offensive weapons that they're able to be like, okay, like, hey, this game, you're not going to be much of the game be part as a, be part of the game plan as much as maybe Demarcus Robinson, Sammy Watkins, and definitely Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But maybe like this week, hey, like you'll get start to get your targets more with Tyree Kill because Tyree Kill also didn't play much of an impact in this game. Yeah, he had the one touchdown, but I can't really think of of an, uh, him and Travis Kelsey also. Uh, you know, I can't really think of you know a moment in the game where they both just kind of like took over like Clyde did. I think this first week was all about Clyde, so I wouldn't be surprised week two if Nicole or maybe even Travis or Tyreek, you know, had that big game plan centered around them where they're the feature piece of the offense. So I think McColl's time is coming, um, but I just feel like Andy Reid has so many weapons that he's able to kind of spread it out and, you know, make this offense last very long and be very good for a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. When you have just kind of a pick-your-poison mentality, it doesn't really matter um, when you have so many weapons. It's just uh, who we're going to this week. Um, one thing I do want to bring up, though, is, is a guy that I've really not let down. I, I've always kind of been, you know, not very high on him. He is a good player. He's just so inconsistent, and he proved that week one is Demarcus Robinson uh, when he had, you know, only three catches, but he had quite a few drops, I feel. Uh, but when you look at it, when stuff like that happens, that's that's when McCole Hardman starts to get boosted and, and he gets a little bit more playing time. So I wouldn't be surprised at all to see a little bit more of an even keel when you see Demarcus Robinson and McCole Hardman in terms of snaps. Uh, that might be a lot more even, even maybe even leaning toward more McCole Hardman uh, week two, just based on what Demarcus Robinson did in, in week one. You can't have that many drops. Um, yeah, I know that first touchdown was you know it was a good defensive play, but you know. It, when you're when you're playing with an offense as good as the Chiefs, you look at everybody to be a star. Uh, and Demarcus Robinson, I think this is just one of those times where it's like, all right, man, you, you've had your chances. Now it's kind of time to go to the young man. It's definitely a very good point. And I and Mitch, that's one of your guys. You're you're very big on Demarcus Robinson, right? Um, I think he's very underrated. Um, I think you know if he was on another NFL team, he had he would have a chance to be the number two guy or even the number one on some teams. But within just Chiefs offense, I just think, you know, with the talent Nicole has with that with that speed he has, 
it's a shame that he isn't on the field more uh, because DeMarcus Robinson, because they want to give those snaps to him. But I necessarily don't think DeMarcus is a bad receiver. I just think I'd rather those those plays go to uh, Nicole Hardman. But I'm going to trust trust Andy Reid, and I know that he has DeMarcus Robinson in there for a reason. And I think that's just to kind of keep Nicole's uh, – Nicole's skills kind of hit him until later on in the season, and then he can come out and put the league on storm like we're expecting. I could definitely see that. Now, let's take a look at the other side of the ball. A, a guy that was uh, – well, he was out there, but he was mostly out there on special teams as well, uh, Willie Gay Jr. A lot, of, a lot of, you know, talk about what he's supposed to bring to the linebacking core. He barely took any snaps on defense, and um, it was a bit of a surprise for me, but I'm curious to see what you guys are thinking. Talon, what was your thoughts on that, on the whole uh, Willie Gay uh, snap count? Yeah, I think just in terms of the acclimation to an NFL defense from a college defense, I, I think it's just more of a he's probably just not ready yet. Uh, I don't think it's a talent thing, performance thing in camp. I just think it's just one of those things where it's like this kid just isn't ready. We don't want to throw him in there and have him sink right off the bat. We have the guys on defense to kind of make up for that. Um, so, if, if, you know, I wouldn't worry too much. I still think he's going to be a big part of this defense moving forward. But I just think week one, I just don't, you know, I just don't think he was ready. Yeah, I agree. If he's not on this field, you know, halfway through the season, like week eight, and he's still not getting on the field, then I'm going to start having concerns. But just with the linebackers we have now, I know they're not great. And Anthony Hitchens, Damian Wilson, and Ben Neiman, like they're not like, you know, star caliber linebackers. So, like, uh, Willie Gay should be able to get on the field. But I feel like the Chiefs are just taking their time, getting him, like, making sure he's 100% ready, 100% knows this defense. And whenever he does come in, he can contribute right away instead of getting him in there and making some big mistakes and possibly costing us a game. That's definitely a good point. But, like I said, it was just so much, you know, the high expectations of what he could do uh, heading into the season. that It was a surprise not to really see him that much on the field. I actually thought originally that might be he was, uh, you know, there was an injury concern or something going on there. But uh, hopefully this game he does get a couple of more snaps and we get to actually see what he can bring. But uh, a guy that, you know, a veteran that we knew was already the real deal, but he uh, showed it again, Chris Jones. How about we talk about the type of night he had on Thursday? I mean, the guy just – basically took over the offensive line for the, for the Texans. He controlled the tempo. He's basically the, uh, the catalyst all night. What were your thoughts on Chris Jones' performance? And I'm going to go with you on, the, on this one, Mitch. Yeah, he was huge. He got one and a half sacks. He was the, in uh, Deshaun Watson's face all night. And I also want to give a quick shout-out to Frank Clark. He had one play that reminded me of the, of the divisional round game where he just got up and chased Deshaun Watson all over the field. But him and Chris Jones, man, they looked really good week one. And if they can keep this up throughout the rest of the season, uh, the Chiefs are going to have one of the best pass rushes in the NFL because they both looked really, really good. Chris Jones uh, definitely has a chance to lead the uh, NFL in sacks this year. He's definitely going to be up there with the Aaron Donalds and some of the other top defensive tackles in the league. Yeah, man, he definitely came out week one and kind of proved that he, he's worth that contract. Uh, and like Mitch said, man, with that combo of Clark and Jones, it's going to open up so many other things uh, for like the you know, Tano Passanos who maybe didn't perform as well as many had hoped being a starter. Um, but then, you know, just anybody else in that defense, they're just going to thrive with, with Clark and Jones getting so much attention. It's just going to open up so many other things. Um, and especially, you know, with those linebackers, that's arguably one of the Chiefs' weakest points. 
when the offensive line has to, you know, usually double Jones and really probably even help out with a back or a tight end on, on Clark, you know, those linebackers are, are running free. You know, they're, they, they, they can scrape over the top. They can help out in the run defense without much of an obstacle. Uh, so, yeah, man, it's, it was great to see Jones perform as well as he did. And, and I think that's just going to be the, the start and the finish of how good the defense can be is Chris Jones. I definitely agree with that. And also, yes, a special shout out to Frank Clark. He had a big game as well. That whole defensive line and, and just the confidence in the defense, which is something that wasn't there maybe two years ago. So it's, uh, it's really great to see, you know, as a Chiefs fan, uh, every Chiefs fan out there in the world to see the defense really stepping up and making plays. Now, like once again, back to this game, um, coming up against the Chargers. I want to get some predictions here. I just want to get some uh, scores. Now, Mitch, you said you hit yours like round the nose last week. What is your prediction for this game? Who wins? And let's see if we get a score out there. I got the Chiefs winning pretty, uh, pretty, pretty easily, 38 to 20. I think the Chiefs offense is really going to open up this week. I think Andy Reid's going to definitely want to throw the ball down the field a little bit more. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he had a good game against the uh, Texans, but you know, he didn't really get the opportunity to throw the ball downfield probably as much as he wanted. So I could really see him doing that. And I'll just see Tyreek Hill, Michael Harmon, and, you know, Travis Kelsey. I think they all three will have big games. And uh, I think the Chiefs will win 38 to 20 pretty easily. Yeah, um, the the Chargers defense scares me a little bit just watching them against the Bengals. It's amazing to me how fast Joey Bosa gets off the line of scrimmage. Um, and then, you know, now, with, you know, Melvin Ingram is, is, is still around and Jerry Tillery's in his second year. Uh, you kind of know also had a really good game against the Bengals. So that, that, def- that defensive front seven with the Chargers really scares me with how much pressure they can get. Um, so I don't know if the Chiefs are going to be able to put up that much. I'd love to see it. I, and I, having said that, I wouldn't be shocked. But I do think it's going to be a, a lower scoring game. Now, having said that, the Chargers offense doesn't really scare me at all. So I think I'm going to go with a little bit lower. I'm going to lowball this one. I'm going to say 28 uh, to uh, to 10 victory for the Chiefs. 28 to 10. Okay. Okay, I like that. You know what? Now, just to give my quick thought on it, I obviously we, we love what the Chiefs did last week. Going into a game like this on the road, you know, new stadium. Yes, there's no fans, but – there's still something about going into a new stadium, a team playing their first home game and just trying to, to really, you know, uh, just put an impression out there. I can see the Chargers just stepping their game up to another level. You know, even the offense, even Tyrod Taylor and uh, making some plays out there. So I'm going to have it a little closer than you guys may have had it. I have the, uh, the Chiefs winning 24-21. I think it comes down to a, a Butker game-winning field goal. I just feel like it'll be that type of game. You're going to get the pressure from Bosa, like you were saying. I think Mahomes is really going to have to drive them down the field late in the game to win this one. You guys are kind of shocked on this one. No, I like you got and, and I'm curious to, because to, to, <laughs> I, you know, I, a little, yeah, a little, little cut off guard, but I'm just curious because the Bengals defense was able to hold that Chargers offense pretty well. So do you, do you I mean, what, do you just see it just because it's a home game and a divisional game, you just think the Chargers play better? You don't necessarily think that the Bengals' defense is better than the Yeah, that's, that's a big part of what I look at. I feel like when you have a team that, you know, they're playing a home game, they want to really step it up, they want to get a divisional opponent, those are all big factors. And I feel like that's what's going to really drive them 
in this type of situation because remember the Chiefs are defending champions. They're gonna get they're gonna get everyone's best shot. So a team within a division, it just only makes sense. So I feel like the Chiefs will still win, but it's gonna be close. And uh, and I you know I'm not necessarily I, I don't you know don't see that happening. I can see where it comes from, but I really do hope it it's a little bit more cushiony than a than a Bucker game winning field goal. I hope to God it's more cushiony than that. <laughs> Yeah, I think uh, I think the Chiefs' offense is actually just going to surprise people this this Sunday because like all all the Chiefs did like the ninety percent of the game plan I felt like was just running the ball. So if the Chiefs open up their playbook and and pass the ball and do some of the stuff that uh, some of the plays that Andy Reid hasn't brought out yet, I think the offense is really going to surprise people and put some points on the board. So I think uh, I don't know if the Chargers are just going to be able to keep up, especially with uh, Derwin James being out. That is definitely a big factor, but like I said, anything could happen. Any given Sunday, I'm still picking the Chiefs to win this one. But uh, guys, like I said, we're, we're running out of segment, but um, I want to get your final thoughts on anything right now going on with the Chiefs. It could be about last week's game. It could be about this upcoming week's, um, week's game. Anything in the news regarding the Chiefs that you want to speak on, uh, feel free to share your thoughts. So, uh, Mitch, I'm going to go with you on this one. What are your final thoughts? Yeah, I was the, whenever I was looking at some of the uh, last times that the Chiefs played the Chargers, um, the Chiefs only won by – I know I got the Chiefs winning pretty big this week, but uh, the Chiefs won by 10 points and then they won by 7, where they won by 7 then won by 10. Um, both of those games came from Phillip Rivers throwing multiple interceptions. So I'm kind of curious if the Chargers are going to be able to give Chiefs a little bit of run for their money if uh, Tyrod Taylor isn't turning the ball over and if the uh, Chiefs offense struggles against the – against the Chargers defense, which uh, the Chiefs didn't necessarily didn't struggle against their defense last year. But um, if we're not able to get those turnovers like we're used to against Phillip Rivers, I'm curious if this offense is going to give the Chiefs defense a little bit of a, of a struggle and a little, bit of a, a little bit of a run. But otherwise, I do think the Chiefs have this game pretty, pretty well set. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the Chiefs kind of eat in terms of defensive line play. I do think we're going to – the Chiefs are going to put up decent sack numbers against that Chargers offensive line. Pouncey's banged up. They're having to move guys around. Um, Balaga's there, but he's really the only decent – not decent, but really the only trustworthy guy along the offensive line. Um, so I do think the Chiefs are going to get to Tyrod. He's a little bit more mobile than Rivers was. But I, I, I am looking forward to – and I hope it's a matchup, but I want to see uh, who matches up with Mike Williams. I have a feeling it's going to be Snead um, just with his – he's you know, he's a big-body corner, 6'1", 195 about. So – I, I hope that's the matchup. I'm not sure it's going to be, but that, I think that would be a pretty decent matchup. Definitely some, uh, some interesting factors heading into this game, but hopefully, like, it's, like we were just talking about earlier, they do find a way to, to play it, and the air quality does get better in California. So we're looking forward to this game. Once again, that is this Sunday. And as always, Talon, Mitch, thank you guys, and uh, let's look forward to this game. Yes, sir. Go Chiefs. Peace. I'm great. How are you, Harris? Oh, I'm doing great. I'm so excited to talk with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much for, for taking some time out of your busy schedule to talk with me. Absolutely. I mean, we're, uh, we're just a few days away from my regular red attire on Fox News actually making sense. <laughs> well, there you go. You know, 
I, I know we've got all the craziness with the impeachment, and then you've you've got the the New Hampshire primary race coming up. So I do yeah, appreciate the political Super Bowl begins. Yes, the primary season. Yes, so I do appreciate you taking the time to kind of you know talk about a little a little bit more fun stuff, at least for me. <laughs> the, the, yeah. the the Kansas City Chiefs that I know we're both uh, extremely passionate about. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's funny. Um, friends started putting up on their YouTube channels and things. I don't know if Emily sent it to you, but like old promos from WDAF. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and Frank Bowl and I have been DMing on, on Twitter, uh -huh. like back and forth, like, can you believe it on game day and everything? And I just realized my connections to Kansas City are like familial. Yeah. Because it was my first job where... You know, I was an anchor. I was I was given a lot of responsibility, and there was huge expectations. And I was there for a chunk of time. You know, seven and a half, almost eight years. Yeah. My my previous first market, Greenville, was a small market. It was one of those, you know, kind of cut your teeth type thing. But I grew up on television in Kansas City, like a big chunk of my adulthood. You know, from my twenties to my thirties. I, I just, I look back on it and I had great connection and I did a lot of sports for Fox there too. So I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled for the team, obviously, Charles. Yes. But I'm thrilled for the city. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know everybody talks about 50 years, but I think about those years in the 90s when I was on the air and, you know, Marty Schottenheimer, who just got called to be in the Hall of Fame, he's going to be inducted. You know, those were good years for us, but we just couldn't get there. And I remember standing on a very frozen platform in Buffalo hours before the game was going to start. I did a three-hour special for Fox. It was all sports. And um, I had on battery-operated socks and a onesie snowsuit that had oh, those man. little warm, you know, those little warm things that you can put in your pockets? Absolutely. I had, I had masking tape them to my bottom. <laughs> And trying to stay warm. And I was out there and, you know, just talking about the game day coming up, Bill Whip, Frank Bull. Everybody was in kind of different locations for the special. Yeah. And we were so hopeful. We had Joe Montana. Marcus Allen. Said, <laughs> yeah. Did you remember uh, when he hit that tundra? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They put him on the ground and I thought, this is really hard, this hoping. Hoping is hard. But with Andy Reid, you know, hope is not a strategy. Yeah. So Andy Reid had a he had a strategy, honey. That he did. <laughs> and uh, and I'm excited. Hey, good morning, T. Corbin. How are you doing? I'm quite well, man. How about yourself? Doing well, doing well. Thank you for taking the time to uh, speak with us this morning, man. Oh, no problem, dude. Always happy to. Definitely. And uh, I work for the Chiefs Wire, part of USA Today Sports. And uh, we knew that you were a huge Kansas City Chiefs fan, so we wanted to make sure we got you on the site and uh, just got your thoughts on the Chiefs and something like the, the greatest moments in Chiefs history. Um, dude, I mean, for me, the greatest moments were always going to tailgate in the morning. That, like, that's, I think, the family atmosphere of the Kansas City uh, Chiefs, you know, going to Arrowhead. I remember getting there at, you know, 5 a.m. before the gates opened, and then it was a race to your spot and getting there and, uh, growing up, I had a, a friend of my dad who turned like a small school bus into a cheese van, and they built it out with grills. And so, like that's what I remember, and like that's my history is just you know being there Sunday mornings and 
grilling out with my friends and family and going in and out of the game and just hearing the roar of the crowd from the parking lot sometimes because, um, you know, when we were 10 years old, we'd have two tickets for a couple of us, so we'd switch in and out, going in and out of the games and, um, you know, just being a part of that every weekend growing up, I think is, for me, the history. But, um, you know, and then getting to train with guys. Like, you know, Will Shields helped train me for my transition into the NFL. Um, you see, like, Willie Rove come through, Dick Vermeil, Wigman, Priest Holmes, like, having conversations with those guys. Like, to me, it's just kind of, I feel like the Chiefs are in my blood, man, good or bad or different on how we're doing on the season. But it's just that it's just in my blood. I mean, I definitely hear that. And I just want to get your, your take so far on the season. They just clinched the AFC West heading into another playoff. Uh, what are your thoughts so far with this team? Um, I'm a bunch of things. I mean, it's been an exciting year. I was at the game uh, versus Baltimore with uh, Eric Stone Street. We had a good time at the game. And, and so that scares me a little bit that we got the win over Baltimore and then, you know, potentially seeing them in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, we had six pro, pro bowlers just, uh, you know, get added to the roster, which I think is amazing uh, for Kansas City to have six guys going to the Pro Bowl. Um, the new addition of Suggs, I think, is going to be huge for our defense. Um, he's still got some play left in him. You know, going into the playoffs, I feel good this year. I'm always a little little weary because we struggled. We got that big win last year at home in the playoffs. But, um, you know, I think it's exciting getting that win over the Patriots. I think everybody, Mahomes has got his uh, head in the right place. Kelsey's catching on fire right now when he should be. So there's so many things that are starting to go. Our defense is, is playing lights out right now. So that all going into the playoffs, I think we're really clicking at the right time. Another colleague you have on the uh, Fox panel, and because this is where I find it interesting, you are such a Chiefs fan, having Tony Gonzalez on there every week, have you had a chance to obviously interact with him a little bit more and try to hold back your own fandom in regards to that? Uh, there's no holding back my fandom. Um, I, 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 I'm sure he sees me looking at him with, with, with these big saucer eyes uh, because, you know, I, I got to watch him for, for so many years. Just He was such a key part of the Chiefs. And all those winning seasons we had uh, in the early 2000s, uh, all those playoff appearances, you know, Tony was, a, Tony was the anchor of those teams. Uh, so, yeah, I, I hold him, obviously, uh, in high regard with my Chiefs fandom. And, and he's been great, too, because he's, you know, he's come out and, and done several of my bits with me. Um, mm-hmm. And he's always hilarious. He's always down for whatever we want to do. If we ask him to do something, he's like, yeah, sounds awesome. So, yeah, he's everything I hoped he'd be. No, I definitely hear that. That is a fun question that we always ask people uh, that are Chiefs fans in regards to, like, who would they rather have if they had to put a team together? If you had a choice between Tony Gonzalez and Travis Kelsey at tight end, are you able to make that choice, or you already you already have it set up? Is it Tony Gonzalez the guy all the way? Um, if that – if I, well, here's here's what I would do. Uh, and this is a very honest answer. I would go to a two tight end offense um, and have a, I'd have a tight end on each side of the line and I'd get rid of a slot back and have one wide receiver, two tight ends. Uh, and that's how I'd run my offense. If I had Tony and Kelsey. Okay. You're the first person to actually go out, come back with the uh, two tight end offense. So I like that. That's a, that's actually the perfect answer on that.
for everyone at Chiefs Wire, we'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time.